Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. My name is Zach. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, all perfectly packaged together in a bite-sized podcast to help educate and motivate you to stay on your fitness journey. Today we are talking about nutrition for building muscle. Last week, we talked about five lifestyle tips uh, to build muscle and on the lifestyle side of things. So how to set your day up, um, how to make sure you're doing certain things to build muscle in the gym. And why do we want to build muscle? Why is building muscle so important? Well, in, in fact, I have an entire podcast on that. Uh, I think that's back at number two or number three, uh, but it's all the benefits of resistance training and strength training. But we want longevity. We want the, the metabolism boosting effects that comes from building muscle. We want the aesthetics and look tone uh, to, to the aesthetic aspect of, of building muscle. So this is the nutritional side of things, though, that we're going to talk about today. How do I set my clients up to benefit building muscle from a nutritional aspect? And this is also things that I've been kind of playing with over the last decade uh, in my own fitness journey as well. So in the context of nutrition for building muscle, we always have to speak on balance. The last few years, the internet is full of fad diets, things like the keto diet, the carnivore diet, vegan diet, uh, vegetarian. I mean, there's just so much different documentaries and different information out there. It's almost like sometimes you don't know what's bad and what's good. But we can always go back to this fundamental principle that balance is the key. And whole real foods obviously are the best for us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But we always have to include the three major macronutrients um, when it comes to building muscle. And that's proteins, carbs, and fats. Each one has its own unique benefit when it comes to building muscle. And we're going to talk about the benefits of those things. For one, protein. Protein has to be consistent if we want to build muscle. Why? Because everything inside of our body, we are built of amino acids from proteins. Our neurotransmitters in our brain are built of amino acids. Um, our hormones and actually hormones are, we're going to talk about hormones later, but our bones, our muscle, our tissue is all built from amino acids. So protein has to be consistent if you're trying to build muscle have an entire episode just on protein. It's number 12, uh, Protein 101. If you want to really get a deep dive on my thoughts on protein, different types of protein, protein powders, give that episode a listen. You'll really like it. But for today's conversation, uh, for women, I recommend about 100 grams a day of protein, uh, give or take, depending on how tall you are as a woman. For men, it's anywhere from 140 to 180 grams of protein per day. Any more than that <clears throat> in the clinical research, excuse me, has not been validated as any more beneficial for building muscle. So you'll hear these guys talk about, I do two or 300 grams of protein a day. That's actually harder on your body to process. Your liver has to process out extra uric acid and different things that comes from consuming t too much protein. All right. So there's no real benefit to going over one, one gram per pound of lean body mass, okay? So for most men, that's anywhere from 140 to 160 grams of protein. For most women, it's about 100 grams to 120 grams of protein, okay? So number two, we have to utilize 
um, we have to utilize carbohydrates correctly. And we can utilize carbohydrates correctly if we understand their role in muscular performance. So for example, um, carbohydrates are like a performance enhancing drug when it comes to strength training. And here's why, because inside the muscle, we store carbohydrates in the form of glycogen. Think of these as little fuel tanks that are inside of our muscle tissue. And as we use that specific muscle, it releases the, that sugar from the muscle so that we can burn that as energy. Now, uh, the, the really cool thing about glycogen is as we burn it out of the muscle, the next time that we consume carbohydrates, that muscle soaks up glucose so that we don't store it as fat. When those glycogen stores are full, all of them in the muscles and the liver, guess where the next bit of glucose goes? Well, it goes to the brain, and if the brain can't burn it, it immediately is stored as fat. That's right, it's not wasted. The body is very efficient. So we have to learn how to use, utilize carbohydrates for their uh, ability to be almost like a performance-enhancing drug because we also stimulate insulin every time that we take in carbohydrates. And insulin creates an anabolic or muscle-building effect when we stimulate insulin. It's also called IGF-1 or insulin-like growth factor, okay? So all that to say we can carb backload after our hard training sessions, we get not only an anabolic response, but we top off our glycogen stores for the next time that we train. And this, this is important to understand because it may not be beneficial for people who are trying to build muscle and not build fat to consume carbohydrates on a non-training day. So in other words, let's save our higher glycemic carbohydrates like glucose or sugar, sugary foods, or even like rice, quinoa, like higher glycemic grains. Um, and for days that we're training, and on our off days, maybe we're doing things like sweet potato squash, we're doing lots of vegetables, the colors of the rainbow, a little bit of fruit, things like that on our off days. And that, that's because we're not utilizing a lot of carbohydrate or glycogen use out of the muscle. So that's really important to understand in utilizing, utilizing carbs correctly. Any questions on that, please DM me, uh, email me, let me know in the comment section below. Uh, but we can do a whole episode just on carb backloading as well. But for simplicity, think of it this way. Um, let's say I train full body, and there's a reason why I like to train full body. We'll get into that here in a second. But full body in the morning, really burn through a lot of glycogen. I'm setting myself up that day to really enjoy some carbohydrate usage, whether that's in the form of rice or white potatoes or something that I really enjoy, like my wife's gluten-free cinnamon rolls, uh, maybe a gluten-free cookie or something like that after my training. Uh, I have an excuse to be able to eat something on the higher glycemic side of things because I burn through a lot of glycogen. So for instance, I like training on my Saturdays and Sundays sometimes when I know I'm gonna have a big meal with family or socially like with friends because that way I know I'm gonna utilize those higher glycemic carbs better than I would if I was just kind of sitting around all day. So like on a training day, I may have a higher glycemic meal but I also don't wanna mix in a lot of fats with that after my training. So 
the higher the, the carbohydrate meal, the lower the fat consumption I'll go. Then maybe for dinner, I'm having a ribeye steak, um, a big salad with olive oil all over it, and then maybe a glass of wine or something like that. A relatively low-carb meal, but maybe I have 50 or 60 grams of fat. And the reason why is we don't want to stimulate fat and carbohydrates at the same time. What is that? That is the standard American diet. If you think of lasagna and garlic bread, uh, pizza and beer, burgers and fries, high fat mixed with high carbohydrate is a recipe to put on body fat and to, to be closer to obesity and diabetes and these things that are very rampant in the Western society. That is the standard American diet. So we want to separate our high fat and high carb away from each other. So post-training, maybe you have chicken breast, some rice and some broccoli, uh, maybe a gluten-free cookie or cinnamon roll, like I said earlier before. And then that's a very low fat or moderate fat and then high carbohydrate. Then again, maybe for dinner, that's when I'm having a fattier meal, like I mentioned, my ribeye and salad that I love. Um, so I hope that you give that, hopefully that gives you some context on how to utilize carbs effectively and responsibly and then how to time that as well to be conducive to building muscle and not body fat, okay? Hopefully that's clear as mud. Number three, utilize creatine. Creatine is one of the most clinically backed supplements we have in the fitness industry. Uh, it has cognitive benefits. It has muscular and obviously performance benefits. And here's why. Let's say you were to take off on a dead sprint right now. Okay, a dead sprint. The first 10 seconds of that all-out effort, roughly 7 to 10 seconds, is going to be creatine phosphate that's burned in the muscle. 10 seconds up to about a minute, minute and a half, that's where we switch over to glycogen and we burn carbohydrate out of the muscle. Anything over a minute and a half, we've turned it into an endurance activity, and now we're burning both fats and carbohydrates, anything over about a minute, minute and a half, okay? So we wanna refill our creatine stores. Hard training session for you power lifters or bodybuilders or you know crossfitters or whatever you do for your fitness, uh, the more high intense, the more strenuous it is when it comes to the muscle use, the more you want to refill those creatine stores. And that gives you an extra rep or two in your training. And that's why creatine leads to better muscular building and muscular performance. It just gives you that extra rep or two that maybe you wouldn't have had if you didn't top off those creatine stores. And great. And here's a, here's a great tip as well. Like we're going to refill creatine by what? Eating a muscle tissue from an animal because it has creatine in it just like we have creatine in our muscles so does a big steak so does a burger things like that so keep that in mind that we're, we're naturally refilling creatine but creatine is relatively inexpensive uh, you want something like a pure creatine monohydrate there's no additive sugars or anything like combined with it you want about five grams a day um, and especially on after training days, you want to refill those creatine stores if you know you're going to train again the next day. Okay. Number four, we have to talk about eating clean sources of these three macronutrients. We've talked about carbs um, and we talked about a little bit about protein. And again, that deep dive on protein is episode number 12. But for the context, let's like let's stick with carbs and fats for a second. So clean sources. Why is that important? Because we don't want to 
add a toxic burden to our body, um, especially it's kind of like treating your body like a race car. Okay, so I'm not going to put bad fuel in my race car and expect it to perform really, really well and give me the outcome that I want. So in this discussion, we have to really focus on uh, inflammation really bogging down the system because if your body is on fire inside and inflammation is really high, it's not going to prioritize muscle building and recovery. It's going to concentrate on the immune system is going to concentrate on putting out this fire from food intolerances, from toxins, from too much alcohol, too much sugar, um, things like that, that really light up a fire inside systemically. Okay. So we have to focus on clean sources of food. That means we need to cut out lots of excess sugar, cut out lots of excess alcohol, cut out the gluten, the dairy, uh, the eggs, the almonds, the things that could be inflammatory for you. And I don't know what those things are. You have to do an elimination diet and find out what those things actually are for you. And that's why I advocate my clients when they start with me to always do a whole 30 diet for 30 days, uh, cut out the top four inflammatory foods, which are gluten, dairy, eggs, and almonds. Those are the four that come up the, the most common on a food allergy panel. Okay. And we do food allergy testing. If you have any questions on that, please reach out to me, musclesandveggies.com. And I can teach you how that food allergy panel works. Now, um, and once you've cut those things out, you add them back in one at a time after 30 days and you see how your body responds to those things. Your body will send you signals in the form of joint pain or fatigue or restlessness or high heart rate or um, it could be that you just feel like low energy, you feel groggy when you get out of bed, you feel swollen or puffy. I mean, all these things are red flags that your body's trying to tell you, hey, I don't really do so well with this food. Don't, you know, keep this away from me, that type of thing. Okay. So the other reason, uh, well, we can't talk about carbs without talking about the good and the bad. So obviously refined flour has its problems. I talked about that in one of my other episodes. Um, one of it's actually called the two biggest factors in the obesity epidemic and one of them was the invention of the steel roller mill and refined flour spikes our blood sugar actually higher than table sugar does okay it's very inflammatory especially if you have a gluten a gluten allergy but uh, we want clean sources of carbs so think like really easily digestible non-inflammatory carb sources excuse me my laundry just went off um, think like rice uh, that's a really, really clean, easy to digest carbohydrate source. White potatoes is pretty harmless for most people. Sweet potatoes are great. Squashes, butternut squash, acorn squash, yellow squash. Um, those are really well tolerated by a lot of people. And then uh, oats aren't bad in most contexts. I really like utilizing oats and quinoa, um, things of that nature. So you think about clean Good starches, those are, are really well. Maybe stay away from the things, obviously, like, you know, really sugary stuff, unless it's really post-training and your body's going to soak it up. But think clean sources of that as well. Um, honey is great. Um, you know, there's lots of different asp or different ways you can get clean carb sources. Now, for fats, fats is a little different. We want to make sure that we're staying away from omega-6 trans fats, things like canola oil, soybean oil, vegetable oil, uh, cottonseed oil, 
all these things are highly inflammatory and they're actually really well correlated with heart disease and and uh, inflammation of the blood okay so we want to dodge really bad fat sources really good fat sources things like butter um, coconut oil uh, avocados avocado oil is where we use for a lot of our cooking but then of course like nuts and seeds and things like that as well so uh, real whole food fat sources why is fat important for building muscle you might ask because we know carbohydrates are the fuel inside of the muscle tissue right we know proteins build muscle right they give us that raw material to build from but why are fats important well get let me ask you a question what are our sex hormones like testosterone estrogen progesterone dhea pregnenolone uh, what are these things made out of you guessed it dietary cholesterol okay dietary cholesterol and fats is what we actually make our hormones out of so it's really important that we get an adequate balanced form of these really good fatty acids also micronutrients uh, vitamins a d e and k those are all fat soluble vitamins so we cannot get those micronutrients without eating enough fat okay so fats are really important and uh, we want to get out of that dogma that like, you know, saturated fat and, you know, all these fats are evil and bad and they make us fat. That's actually not true. And that's why so many people have actually lost weight doing a higher fat, lower carb nutritional approach. Okay. And now I don't advocate for the keto diet or anything like that. In fact, I should probably do a whole episode just on how the keto diet wrecked me after like two years of solid ketogenic dieting. But, and maybe I'll go into that in the future. However, we have to understand that there's a time for fats, there's a time for carbs, and there's obviously we want to keep protein consistent through there. Okay. And then there's a time for mixing both fat and carbs together in the form of low glycemic um, carbohydrate sources, things mostly like vegetables, right? Or nuts and seeds. Those are low glycemic. They don't spike the blood sugar. So that way we can have fats alongside of them. But we don't want to have fats alongside of high sugar, high carbohydrate, high starch meals. Okay? Um, moderate to low fat on those meals. Now... Number five, the last one, don't get caught up on too many supplements when you're trying to build muscle. All the pre-workouts, the protein powders, you know, all these BCAAs and all this stuff. Look, as long as you're eating a balanced nutritional approach, all these supplements are just trying to stay, they're just literally trying to sell you something and take your money. So don't get caught up on thinking you have to have, you know, anything other than creatine and a really good nutritional approach. Um, the protein powders are not necessary to build muscle. You will build muscle just fine by keeping your protein consistent in your diet. Um, the pre-workouts, I, I don't like relying on pre-workouts, plus the caffeine stimulates too much cortisol. Again, cortisol takes away from your other sex hormones like testosterone and estrogen and progesterone, which we want to keep high So because they're anabolic and they build muscle. Well, why would I want to take something that stimulates cortisol that takes away from those other hormones, right? Plus we get reliant on pre-workouts so that you don't feel the same in your workout unless you're on a pre-workout, okay? So don't get caught up on all the different supplements. So in conclusion, um, we wanna have a balanced approach. We wanna keep protein consistent. We wanna utilize carbs, uh, 
we want to utilize carbs responsibly and carb backload after our meals. So save those treats that you really like until after your training sessions. Oh, and I didn't touch on full body training. So the reason that I like full body training for myself and for my clients is because when we do legs, chest, back, shoulders, arms, core, you know, all this stuff every training day, maybe three or four days a week, we burn through a lot of glycogen. That leaves me really, really sensitive to carbohydrates for the rest of that day where I can consume 150 or 200 grams of carbohydrate and all I'm doing is just refilling my glycogen storage instead of stimulating uh, fat storage by all that insulin, okay? So um, that's really important to understand that if you're just doing like a shoulder day, you could still go low carb that day because there's not a lot of glycogen being burned out of your shoulder, okay? Um, maybe 20 or 30 grams of, of carbohydrate total, even in an hour of doing shoulders. So that's why I like doing full body splits and not doing like, you know, arms one day, shoulders one day, chest and back one day, legs one day, things like that. You just don't burn as much glycogen and you're not as uh, sensitive or insulin sensitive to carbohydrates as you would be if you train full body. Look, if you like what you're hearing in this podcast, please share it with somebody. Leave me a review. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and you want really, really good supplements when it comes to not just building muscle, but also just health in general, thorn.com. Uh, thorn.com slash you slash muscles. That's how you can find my dispensary. You can see the products that I use. Um, and also to be added to my client invite list, where you get 25% off the entire store with no codes. It's for life. All you have to do is send me an email to musclesandveggies, all one word, at Gmail, or you can email me through my website at musclesandveggies.com. Thank you for spending the last 21 minutes with me. Hope you have a wonderful day. Hope this was beneficial to you. And as always, I'll see you next time on the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast.